in the heart of a champion there is a fire and the flames are controlled by burning desire to be the best you can be so everyone will Code of Man podcast today, a special edition of the Code of Man podcast, as we are still in the in-between of uh, season one and season two. That doesn't make any sense, I know, because here we are doing another podcast recording, and why is it not just season two that we're already in? Well, I'll be honest with you, it's because I am flying solo still. Yep, my old teammates, my old podcast cohorts, the, the crew, as we call them, they're, uh, they're dispersed from the undisclosed location to other undisclosed locations, and so they're not here. And so it's just me kind of bridging the gap. Don't want to lose our eight listeners uh, by going off. Now, I know this is an off time today because we did not get a podcast out last week. And boy, I mean, quite a stir it caused in the podcast world. You would not believe the letters, the emails, and the phone calls we got wondering, where are you guys? Where are you at? What happened to the Code of Man podcast? Okay, I'm exaggerating and embellishing a little bit there, but I am back today with a just a short edition of the Code of Man podcast. I'll introduce the subject of today's in-between season episode in just a moment. I want to just remind you that March 4th is coming, and that is the official kickoff of Season 2 of the Code of Man podcast. So if you enjoy listening to the podcast, if it's been a help and an encouragement to you, then invite some others to tune in. March the 4th will be kicking off. I'll have, uh, uh, hopefully, back at the Undisclosed location, we'll have uh, Roland Napoleon with us, as well as Easy Target. That's right, he's coming back. The crew will be back together, so I hope you'll be able to tune in for the March 4th release. By the way, we really do welcome any listener feedback, and you can email us at codeofmangen127, C-O-D-E, codeofmangen, G-E-N, 127, at gmail.com. And then also we have a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook. That's right. Now, Easy Target tells me that only old folks do Facebook anymore. But uh, anybody listening, go to Facebook, find us. We upload a lot of uh, information there about what uh, we're learning, what we're talking about, some encouraging things, some devotional thoughts. And we want to help you grow as men in the image of God and bear the masculine image that God has implanted upon your soul. I want to talk about leadership for just a few moments today. That's a big topic of discussion here at our ministry right now. Uh, leadership. And as men, we are supposed to be leaders. We're called to be leaders. You talk about bearing the image of God. Fellas, that's something that we're supposed to do is leaders and be leaders of leaders. And you have different areas of your life in which you are a leader. And every one of you are leading and leaders in some capacity. You see, it says John Maxwell said, leadership is not about titles, positions, or flow charts. It's about one life influencing another. And so you are a leader in your home. You are a leader in your family. On the job, you are a leader. Maybe at your church, you are a leader. In your community, your neighborhood, you might have a, you're, you're, have a role of leadership. Now, you may not have a title that goes with that, but that's okay. 
That's not what it's about. It is about one life influencing another. And that's what I want to talk to you about briefly, how to build your leadership skills and how to develop a culture in your realm of of championship a championship culture. It's something that we've talked about here at, at the ministry at the undisclosed location. We talk about it in the Code of Man. How do we build a championship culture? The Apostle Paul was very interested in this. We've read recently on a podcast from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 27. Let me read that to you again. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. That means he is disciplined, he is, has self-control, he's exercising that. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, just a trophy, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul said, I'm not out here just flapping in the wind. I'm not out here doing this just for the fun of it. I mean, I enjoy it, I think Paul would say. We enjoy what we do. But he says, I'm not running with uncertainty. I know where I'm going, and I want to run to win. I'm not fighting just beating the air. I'm not just throwing shadow you know, shadow boxing, just throwing punches at the air. I'm preparing myself for battle. I'm preparing myself for victory. I am becoming a champion for God. Our theme song, Heart of a Champion, that's what we're developing. So Paul was a, a man and Paul was a leader. Paul was a great leader and Paul wanted to win. He was after that incorruptible crown ultimately so that he could glorify God. So You see that Paul was a man of diligence, and men, as we lead our families, as we lead on the job, you might have other people on the workplace that that answer to you, that work under you. Even in your church ministry where you lead, diligence is required. Paul was a man of discipline, and to be a champion, you have to perform like a champion. You have to train like a champion. You see that Paul was also a man of passion. I mean, he truly put his heart into everything that he did. And knowing what you want and being willing to put the work in, that's the definition of passion. And friends, that's that's a prerequisite for championship culture and champion leaders. What does winning look like for you? We talked about that here in, in the ministry here. What does winning look like for us? I ask the staff to give feedback on that. What does winning look like? And, you know, we got some great answers Winning looks like, these are some of the answers I got, deeper spiritual growth for everyone, increased involvement in missions and evangelism. That was important for us, to see our children grow up serving God and being involved in witnessing uh, for the gospel. But what about you? What about in your world where you are a leader, whether it's your home or on the job, your, your ministry in and through your local church? What about the team you serve on? What does winning look like? You may not have a stat line at the end of the day, a wins and losses column to look at, but we may not be hoping for the highest sales record. None of that stuff. But there is a way that winning, that we can measure that. I I think about Super Bowl coach Tony Dungy. He said God's definition of success is really one of significance. Significant difference our lives can make in the lives of others. The significance doesn't show up in the win-loss records long resumes, or the trophies gathering dust on our mantles. It's found in the hearts and lives of those we've come across who are in some way better because of how we lived. So success in our leadership can be measured in how we are impacting and influencing others. I have shared three components of championship culture that we have been focusing on. 
One of them are core values. And men, we need to know what our core values are. Do you know yours? Core values means these are the things that are non-negotiable to me. And as a leader, I need to have those in my heart. As a father, I need those. As a husband, you know, when I'm leading my home, as, as, you know, as a ministry leader, on the job in that, that realm of kingdom that I am responsible for, I need to know what are my core values. These are the things that say who I am or who we are. I settled my core values, my personal core values, many years ago, and they are three, faith, family, and fitness. For me, those define who I am and what I'm after in life. Faith, that's live for God. Family, support my loved ones. And fitness, be in my best shape and in my best place. That's my three core values. Now, from your core values as a leader, you want to develop standards. Standards. Now, these are behavior-based. In other words, these are how we do who we say we are. And standards are vital because we need to know exactly what is expected and what we're being held accountable to. As a father, when you, uh, you know, if you if you are correcting your children or you're disciplining your children, is it fair to do that before we have given them a standard of what we expect? Now, I'm raising my hand where you can't see it, but I've been guilty of violating that. My children need to know who I am, and then they need to know what I expect. They need to know who we are as a family and what that means, what is expected of them. And then from your standards that you've set, you then build in accountability. Accountability. That's how you protect the house, friends. That's how you protect your culture. You've got to have accountability. It's a tribe mentality. I've said to the fellows here, I need you and you need me. That's accountability. And we hold each other to the standard. And that's important. So do you know your standards? Do you know your core values? Have you established your standards? And do you have that accountability built in to what you're doing? Let me say a word about what what makes a good standard. And I would say, first of all, when you set a standard for your coworkers, for your children, your ministry team, make the standards the standard. Okay, Make them standard. Behavior that reinforces your core values. Make it the standard. You know, not a wishy-washy, you know, if you feel like it, but it's the standard. Let your best people help make those standards. As a leader, you don't have to make all the standards. You sit down with your family, fathers, husbands. Sit down with your wife and children and let them help you set the standards. Let them buy into it. If they have ownership of what's going on, they're going to be more, you know, more likely to follow the standard. And then as a leader, communicate those standards consistently. You know, I think it's important, and you can apply this as much as you need to wherever you are, but whether it's your, your uh, ministry team, whether it's on the job or in your home, I say, hey, when you've established the standards, put them in writing and then communicate them and communicate them again and again and again. And then, again, accountability. We've got to have that accountability. When we hold one another accountable, we do that for two reasons. We do that because we care about our team and we want to succeed, and, uh, and we care about the teammates themselves succeeding, each individual, not just as a group, but I want each individual to succeed. And so hold each other accountable to that. And then one last thing. We're talking about building championship culture and good leadership and being good leaders. Another thing that we need to do is practice what we called in the Army the AAR, AAR. It means the after-action review. Now, what do you do in an after-action review? Well, you gather your team together. We would call that a debrief in the, in the military. After a mission, you bring everybody together for a debrief. 
And every member needs to be there, every member of your team. Hey, fellas, get your wife and your children together. After you go on a vacation, after you've experienced a loss in the family, get the family together and have everybody there. And then as a, as a leader, as, as a father, facilitate the meeting. But don't do all the talking. Ask for feedback from everybody. Primarily, these are the questions you ask in an AAR. Often in the Army, what we would do is we would say, okay, we want to get three sustains and we want to get three improves. Now let's start with the improves. I like to start with the improves. Go ahead and get the negative side out first. Hey, what didn't you enjoy about this trip? What didn't go well about this vacation? I mean, what happened that really, if we could just cut that out of the picture, it would have made it a better trip? All right, got those. Everybody gets to give one. Now, let's talk about what went right. What's, what, what should we sustain the next time we get ready to go on a vacation? Or apply it to your church ministry. Apply it to your job. What did we do well? Why did it work? What do we need to make sure we do it again the same way next time so that we can improve and do everything better? So, so in other words, what went well and what didn't? How can each member improve their own performance, and thereby improve the team performance or the family performance. These are just some thoughts on leadership and building a championship culture that I wanted to share with you on this Code of Man podcast. Well, I appreciate you listening, and until next time, this is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying happy trails to you. Heart of a champion.